baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. So I dropped uh, my youngest off at volleyball last night, and I was on the other side of town instead of driving all the way back to Rochester and coming back to pick her up. I usually try to find a little watering hole to have a little uh, nosh. Look at that. I'm using nosh now. Well done. Thank you. I mean, you will eventually work up to shidach, which shidach. is a, which Scared is a match. Scared the shidach out of me. A match. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I go into trouble. this little pub, and very nice, and it was trivia night. And so there was a man-woman combo doing the trivia. And they would, you know, read questions if you've ever been to, like, a pub trivia. But, like, between the questions and during the downtime, they're doing a little banter, a little shtick. And I was like, so you're, we you're could do that. Show. They were doing a radio show. I was like, well, why don't we do it? We should take the show on the road. What were they talking about, though? Like, was it interesting? I mean, it can't have been. It well, you know, it would be commenting. On, well, or... no, it would be commenting on, like, some of their questions. Some of the questions. And like, okay. oh, I've seen this. Oh, I was going to, you know. But but it was like, they were actually pretty good. And I was like, well, you know, we could do that. Take a, Do the road show. A couple of nights a week. Do you, you don't got, you just can we do that? what you said? You basically just told our boss that there are people well, willing to work for free that are better than us. <laughs> Hey, you should check these two out. They'll be hosting 9 to noon come uh, two weeks from now. Are you kidding me? And yeah. everyone would be like, yeah, let's hear some trivia. Forget this Minnesota Psychic stuff. We want to hear more trivia. <laughs> By the way, if you miss Minnesota Psychics, Bafo reviews uh, yes. for the first uh, Minnesota Psychics. We did that at 920. People so you, waiting in their cars, yeah. putting off their grocery right. visits to Cub because they had to hear what Adam, the Minnesota psychic, mm-hmm. said about what color panties should be worn to the dance competition. That one week. made me a little so un- have, that made the Minnesota the psychic a little uncomfortable. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. And I, I had no idea that um, land of eleven thousand four hundred sixty-three Lakes High School colors yeah. were purple and purple. I thought that that was interesting too. <laughs> purple and purple. Can't get enough purple. A Dutch startup is hoping to transform the fashion industry by turning human hair into a textile. Human Material Loop has made prototypes of human hair coats, jumpers, and blazers with the hope that one day clothing companies will buy rolls of their alternative material, again, made out of human hair, into their own designs. Adam and Jordana, would you wear clothing... Made from human hair. I'm currently wearing somebody else's human hair on my head. So why wouldn't I wear clothing made out of human hair? Wearing my wig today. I didn't know that was real human hair. It's human hair. Donate I suppose that, yeah, like my, we used to do that when my kids got their hair cut. We donate their hair. Mm-hmm. Of course. What do you think it's used for? Yeah. Uh, other people's hair. So I mean, do- wigs. Yeah. And also, friends, I've been thinking about this because at first, David, I was like, oh, gross, because that's what we do. And then I thought, okay, wait a minute. I'm wearing like wool, which is from a sheep. Yeah, but a sheep is different than a human. Why? Why is a sheep different than a human? Why? We wear leather, which is the skin. So you're going to wear a belt made out of human skin? The skin. (laughs) That might be where where I draw the line. What's the difference? What I'm saying is why are we grossed out when it's a human? Because it's a human. 
Right, but they've donated their hair. It's not like they were skinned alive. We're not wearing belts out of human skin. What I'm saying is we do we wear animals. Ed Gein did. Well, okay, well, we're not. <laughs> but if someone, you know, what she's talking about, because I read this piece, is the hair that gets um, scooped up from hair salons. Mm-hmm. Like millions and millions, if not billions of pounds of hair goes into landfills. And they say it, it, it emits greenhouse gases. I have no idea how they know this. But it, what if they could recycle that hair and make it into fabric? And I thought it was a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. Are you against recycling of products? You hate Adam? America? Yeah. No, I, you, you hate the environment? I make it all in China I, and ship it here? Well, I, get the, I get the wig, but I don't yeah. want to wear a jacket made out of human hair. <laughs> <laughs> and like, do we know, like, is it hair? Is it head hair or is it coming from somewhere else? It's head hair, jackass. Well, it's from salons. I don't think they're giving... Trims down there. Stop it. <laughs> that would be so gross. We're in a pube vest. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, they used to have. Oh my God. You know what a merkin is? <laughs> no, but please don't make me Google it. Don't Google it. <laughs> I'll tell you off here. need to stop. David, I'm so sorry. Oh, boy. <sighs> All right, moving on. Arguably one of them. This will be our last show. The couple from the pub will be doing the show tomorrow. Most loved state flag design submissions was the acclaimed laser-eyed loon. And that design has found a new life at St. Paul Public Libraries. Uh, Check this out. It's a uh, new design for a library card at St. Paul Libraries that you can choose to have when you get your next library card. Adam and Jordana, would you opt for the Laser Loon Library card when you get your next <laughs> card? Who, who wow, goes to the library? Do we still need anymore? library cards? Yes. <laughs> um, do you have a library? I don't no, have a library. Card. I don't. I used to when the kids were little, and I would take them to the library a lot, and we'd sit and read. It was an activity, but I haven't been to a library in a long time. Yeah. And my mom goes to the library all the time to check out books. I, I'm sorry, I googled what you told me not to Google, and <laughs> I now okay, yes. can't unsee that because it's very <laughs> troubling. Um, it, so, I, I mean, I, if I was getting a library card, sure, I guess I'll do the the state flag thing. But David, do you so you can't take out a book at all without a library card. So the next time I go to the library, yeah, but you I have can sign up right away. Well, they give yeah. you one. It's yeah. like I want a library a card, one. and yeah. they give you. One. Is that a trick question? No, you can't walk into a library and take Just a book out, out without book. checking it out. Well, it's like you have to you check it out. Check it out, but I didn't know you needed a and library card. It's tech, it's twenty twenty four. Maybe they could just scan your license or something. Oh, I think you can get like a virtual library card on your phone oh, or something, okay. probably. But a lot of people still just have the physical card or a little tag yeah. on their keys or whatever to scan. That was a thing. Check out right next to my blockbuster card. You guys are too like hoity toity to go to the library, the public library. Wow. It's a place for you take small kids when you're bored or a place to find free porn. I I don't Uh, fit in either of those categories. So I'm – and we learned from the – was he the head librarian here? Uh, Yeah. Minneapolis, St. Paul. Something like that, yeah. That it's also a place where people can find services. Right. Because he does have a lot of unhoused people that come and visit and libraries have become a place where they can find social services for people. So they do great work. We're just kidding. Here he is again. I'm on the way. (laughs) Motley Crue, led by singer Vince Neal. Will be coming to the great uh, Minnesota 
What is it called? Minnesota Get Together, the State Fair, this year on August 29th. Are you interested in seeing Motley Crue at the fair? Okay, because I ripped him earlier, I'm going to say yes, absolutely, 100%. (laughs) I would go see it. Although, is, it, is Tommy with him still? Yeah. Still Everybody drumming? except Mick Mars apparently is still. So Tommy Lee, yeah. Nikki Six, mm-hmm. and Vince Neil. Did you see the behind the music of of Motley Crue? Did you used to watch behind the music? Oh on? yeah. Okay, so behind, Nikki Six tells a story about such drug use that he actually has a line with "I woke up with the needle still in my yeah. arm." And I'm like, if that does not define 80s rock, yes. I, I don't know what does. That was a great behind the music, by the way. I can't believe that he's still alive. Neither can he. Yeah, right. I don't. I don't want to see him because Tommy was sexy, and I just feel like Vince isn't going to be what they were. Yeah. And for me, it's not like going to see Bruce or John Bon Jovi. But it's like a nostalgia. It's act, nostalgic, so. but you might be like. Mm. But that's kind of the fun too. It's like, oof, I was there, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's I a great know. venue, though. I was reminded again Correct. that the uh, grandstands are awesome venue. Correct. I'll think about it. Valentine's Day, of course, coming up tomorrow in the National Retail Federation survey found that more than half, 52% of Americans plan to celebrate Valentine's Day this year with the average consumer spending $192.80. Oh, my God. Okay, hold on. Think about it. So help me God, if you spend any money, there might be a divorce. Do not. Entertainment, flowers, it's gifts, and Jordana, I think you have to include the dinner with your girlfriends. It's not just on husband. <sighs> or Galentine's. Um, is that high or low? 192. That's way high. Are you kidding me? Well, I'm with Anderson is from a, Coon Rapids. I'm going to Taco Bell. That's insane. Dinner is 100 bucks at least, right? If I know. you're getting a bottle of wine and yeah, nice dinner. 192? That's yep. a lot. Birkins are expensive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stop it. I did not look at the prices. <laughs> um, no. No, I can have sex for free in my house with my husband. I am not going it's to. It's the cards. Or what expen- I bought like five cards. cards last no, night. No, don't and do it. it. Like ins- you're reminded again. Like It's oh insane. God. I didn't buy The cards. price of cards do is insanity. Of course. You don't give your kids Valentine's Day cards? No. What? I give them everything else. Must I give them Valentine's cards? They are a fortune, my children. No, I'm not. I'm I'm opting out. I'm gonna. I am. You're no, not taking part, huh? I'm taking the alternate route. I will give them real kisses and maybe. And then the day after Valentine's Day is one of the greatest days, like the day after Easter, because mm-hmm. all the candies on sale at the Walgreens or wherever, yeah. and you go get a good deal. No, mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. I'm still thinking about Nikki Six, and the, they need to bring back behind the music. Because yes. I, I, that those were great, the behind the musics that were on MTV. That was like sort of the first kind of they got into show production. But it remind you know what reminded me of it when yesterday we watched we did our homework. We watched Class Action Park about yep. Action Park, which and, we'll review at eleven thirty five. And did you see the host of Headbangers Ball? Yes. Was there? Did you used again? to watch? No, the real host of Headbangers Ball was Matt Pinfield. Okay, we used to watch it every Saturday night when we could, would get home from going out. But I don't know who this guy was. He was, but he was a guy who was at Action Park, like live reporting from right. with Headbangers Ball. Yeah, with so, Allison Chains. Did you used to watch that? Oh, of course. Okay, thank you. That was like an '80s flashback for me. Uh, Headbangers Ball. 
So let's take a quick break. That was Ricky Rackman, by the way. That's who that was. Ricky Rackman. One thing I didn't get to watch because I was too busy watching Class Action Park was Jon Stewart, his triumphant return to The Daily Show. He's only hosting on Mondays, but he's helping produce up until the election. We'll hear how that went next. Jon Stewart is brilliant. And he's brilliant because... Smart. He's, he's, he's so smart. Razor sharp wit, incredibly smart, and calls out absurdities mm-hmm. wherever they may fall. That's right. On, on whichever side of yep. the aisle, he calls them out. So, I miss him on The Daily Show. Well, he's back on Mondays now. I wish he were back every week because yeah. I'd start watching The Daily Show again. Right. I'm going to tape it on, on Mondays. Uh, so he had his first go last night, looked very comfortable, obviously, behind the desk. Mm-hmm. And he started out by talking about Joe Biden's age, which we've been talking about, and calling out the people defending him, saying, you know, it's not up to us to just accept that uh, it's up to you to prove that he's not, mm-hmm. you know. And it's, he played all this litany of people defending him, including the vice president and various, you know, high-ranking Democrats. Mm-hmm. Oh, when I speak to him, he's very sharp. And John Stewart's like, well, you know what? Maybe you should film that. And yes. Show, and show those videos. We'd like to see right. that. Prove because it. the videos we see... Eh, ain't happening. And he poked fun at his TikTok that, you know, so he's got the TikTok yesterday yeah. and LOL. I chocolate chip cookies, you know, like it's. Hi, friends. Yeah. Mm. But he say, poked fun at both sides. He both poked sides. fun right. at Trump. The other guy uh, ain't any better. He's 77 years old. And I'm sorry, friends. I mean, that's, you're getting up there. Right. And then he went on to call both of them out and just lament. What we lament is that mm-hmm. really this is our choice. Here's a little sample of John Stewart. One thing we know for certain is this. We have two candidates who are chronologically outside the norm of anyone who has run uh, for the presidency in this country, in the history of this country. They are the oldest people ever to run for president, breaking by only four years the record that they set! (laughs) The last time they ran! They are at the age... Objectively old. They're at the age. There are no more age-related milestones to hit. They got the RRP card. They've got Social Security. They've got their movie discounts. There is no, oh, wait till you hit 88. You get to drink and drive. No. The only thing left to them is a Today Show Smuckers shout-out. <laughs> so good. Oh. Yeah, they're, and they show the clip of their so face good. on the Smucker's jars. Congratulations to Donald Trump, who's 78 years young today. Will, oh Will for, was that, who was that? It's uh, true. Yeah, who used to who do that? The, He's uh, passed on, yes, I think, Yes, oh, was his name? Um, Willard, uh, Willard Scott. Scott. Willard Scott. Willard Scott. But he's right. He's right. He's and 100% like, right. And, and again, I see today people who I respect, who I like on Twitter, you know, retweeting that, say, oh, John, it's just whataboutism. And, you know, no, it's not. Nope. It he attacked not. both sides. Mm-hmm. That's when, and yes, and it's not. You can objectively look at both guys and say, "Come on, come on, really." And yes, do I put one of the gentleman's uh, faults on a much higher level than the other? You bet I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, criminal faults, yes, they're different. Those mm-hmm. are certainly different. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you, we absolve ourselves of uh, the fact that one guy is just, and the evidence is there, but. Well, maybe after this, it will inspire legis- – or before this, it will inspire legislation. You know, you have to be 35 to be able to run for mm-hmm. president. So there's an age limit on <clears throat> the early end. Maybe it, you'll have to have 
I, I, I would like to see legislation like that. I'm not even sure that – like I know I think I've argued for it before, so maybe I'm contradicting myself. But like an age limit like for on the old end? How about just like making sure cognitively we can do the job? Making that's sure going to be subjective. That's going to see. That's going to be though? subjective, and you're going to get a doctor who tells you what you want to hear. It's going to be totally subjective. And doctors are prone to bias because they're human. So we all are. So I don't know. I think if you just set an age limit, but if and we say, had this like a, it, we, if we had a panel of like three or four psychologists for the most esteemed psychologists that would do this, so we would agree uh, that would look at that and we. <clears throat> I know, obviously, Americans wouldn't accept the results of that because they. That's what I mean, people find... would be compromised. I just, I think an age limit has. To I think this is just such a damning reflection on us as the American people that, for all of time, like we have known and we have not voted for people who are going to be president in their eighties. These are the first two, and that's just been like a common knowledge thing. Yeah, you are a working age until this time, and then we just all sort of knew that, and now. Somehow we've forgotten the yep. only options we have are people who are too old to do it. Or it's because there are so many boomers. There are so many baby boomers, and this is what they're comfortable with. They don't trust the younger generations to lead, and they are the wow. largest voting block. You we're, think that's it? We're the smallest. Gen Xers yeah, are the smallest population of generation. You know, these the Gen Zers, they can't vote yet, or they're just starting. Yeah, they're just starting. The millennials are also, but the millennial generation is, uh, as I think there is some political apathy. I think there's truth to that. The boomers still control what goes on. Yeah. I, I really do. But speaking, speaking of, age, of retirement, yes. Are you able to retire at age 65? A staggering amount of Americans do believe they are. We're also going to invite Susan Stiles into the studio. She's the financial planner, uh, the financial executive that I talk about, and I have a relationship with her. So we're going to ask her those questions. What do you need to be able to retire by 65? Next. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Shocking headline. Nearly three quarters of American adults are confident they'll be able to retire at 64. Are you? Am I confident I'll be able to? Every day I get done with this show, I think that's it. I'm done. You're done. You're retired. emotionally. Yeah. That's at 49. Financially, I can't do it, but emotionally. I'm emotionally. Okay, got it. Well, this is not about emotions. This is about finances. And um, I have concerns about that. I've been saving, you know, Jeff Green's rules of finance. That's that's my dad. Uh, you know, max out your 401k from your first paycheck. I've been following Jeff Green's rules of finance, and I still have concerns. Certainly 65 years old, I don't even think people retired at 65 anymore. I thought they're definitely waiting till 70. So when we have financial questions, we go to the expert. And my expert is Susan Stiles of Stiles Financial, and she is in studio with us. So Susan, I'm so happy to have you in the studio. Hi, Jordana. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Was this headline as shocking to you as it was to us? Jordana, I don't want to burst your bubble. Uh But but Uh I will tell you that this headline is very misleading. 
How so? Well, the, the problem with it is that it was based on a survey that New York Life conducted on a very select group of individuals. So let's think where they're going to draw their people from. It's from their database. 2,200 individuals of their bat- database. These are individuals that are probably either clients or prospects. Mm-hmm. They probably have money. They're looking for advice. I would expect that the database from New York Life, that indeed 74% should be ready for retirement. But that does not represent our population here in the United States because I can read to you lots so that would of be like other- ask that would be like asking fans at a NASCAR race, hey, do you like NASCAR? <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah. that's skewed, right? Very skewed. It's very misleading. Um, the only good thing about that article was the charts that it had in there about how to save $1.3 million, okay, and how much if you made exit dollars, how much you would have to save mm-hmm. starting at what age. So that chart I found to be very useful, okay. but it can also be um, a little overwhelming for some individuals. Jordana, you're doing it right. The key is to start young and just do a little bit at, at, at a time. You just have to do it and you have to stay consistent and you can't fall back. Let me read to you some other headlines. Okay, Gallup. Americans' outlook for the retirement has worsened. This is from fall of 2023. Here's another one under U.S. Facts. Nearly half of American households have no retirement savings. This is the reality. That's More than scary. half of Americans say they don't have enough for retirement. This is another poll. 56% of Americans say they're not on track to comfortable retirement. So how do we catch up? That's the reality. And that's okay. more in line, I think, Adam. I don't know if you hear about this from your friends, but that's, I think, more in line with the American psyche. Yeah. It's more in line right. with our listeners. Completely. Yeah, yeah, that we're afraid we're never going to be able mm-hmm. to retire. We're going to have to keep working. And mm-hmm. even I hear millennials say, oh, I'll never have enough yeah. money or, you know, Gen Zers to retire. So and they're also, just going to keep working. And that mindset probably works against them because mm-hmm. they're then they're like, well, it's too late now to start saving. You, you, you hit the nail on the head. The, Can it, you say it that is, again? Can you it, say, Adam, you hit the nail on the head? Adam, you hit the Thank nail you. on the head. You Dave, did. pull that sound, please. It, David, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really, it becomes emotional. And you got to get the emotion out. Because if you drive by your emotions, you make irrational decisions. And that's never going to be healthy. So is it a pipe dream to think that regular Americans, working class Americans can retire at 65? It, it's, it's not a pipe dream. It, it can be done. How? Well, everybody can retire. It's just what's the lifestyle, mm. right? So everybody can retire. It's just you have to be realistic about the lifestyle. And you have to look within and say, you know, some people want to lead a very sedentary life, which is not going to cost as much. Some people want to travel the world. Mm-hmm. So you have to be realistic with the resources that you have and decide, you know, what makes sense for you. Mm-hmm. Now, we as Americans are living longer. And the reality of it is people are landing their plane later in life than they used to. So retirement age used to be around 60. It's now the average American is retiring around 66 today. But if you poll a millennial, they want to retire early. Oh, <laughs> they do. <laughs> Good luck. A- and we've got longevity, right? So people are living, you know, close to 80 years old. Do you know that Minnesota has one of the highest longevity ages in the country? Mm -hmm. 
Minnesotans, we're healthy. It's good. But it also means more planning. So how do we do it? So if, if somebody is listening today, and, and give us maybe some examples of a young person or the, Adam and I are, you know, about he's 49, I'm 51. Is that too late to start? No, no. You know, we go through life stages. And through those life stages, you have different priorities, right? So you're in your 20s. You're, you know, hopefully establishing yourself, finding the career, finding what you want to do. By the time you're 40, you want to make sure that you've got the career you want to be in. But it may take you down some detours during your 20s and your 30s, but you really want 40 to be that goal. In your 30s, a lot of millennials now, that's when they're getting married, and that's when they're starting to have families. And so you've got different priorities, saving for, you know, buying that house. Now you've got children. There's extra expenses associated with that. While all of that's going on, retirement is kind of like on the back burner. But if you work for an organization, you work for a company that has a retirement plan, absolutely unequivocally, you have to participate. And you have to participate at least up to the match. If the company is giving you a match, you, you cannot leave free money on nope. the table. Who leaves 100 bucks on the table? Not me. Not me. Mm-mm. So the match, some only match 3 or 4%, but right. it's worth it. Right. It's wor- absolutely yeah, it's worth free it money. because okay. of compounded interest. Yeah. Okay. And the more time you have, the better off you'll be in mm-hmm. saving that money. Mm-hmm. We're talking to Susan Stiles from Stiles Financial. You mentioned that millennials say they want uh-huh. to retire earlier. Are their habits reflecting that? Or is that just, are they saying it, or are they, as opposed to the generations that came before them, are they planning more so than like Gen X did? I don't think they're necessarily planning, but you know, millennials are notorious for really wanting life balance, which baby boomers are not. Baby boomers are complete workaholics. You know, the Gen Xers is a much smaller, uh, you know, population Mm -hmm. group in our country. Um, and, you know, they've, they've been challenged a little bit with baby boomers not leaving their jobs, not making room for them to, um, to move up mm-hmm. in their careers. Um, but, you know, the key is no matter what stage you are in life is to just you've got to start. And then you have to leave it alone. You know how many people touch their retirement savings? Do they really? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a real problem. That see that does surprise me because I guess I was taught you you forget about right. it like it doesn't exist like you were it, that's right, not your money. Jordana. You were taught right. See but, Jeff Green. I hope you're listening. Good job, yeah, Jeff Green. My you dad were taught right. Yeah, but people get into trouble then, right? I mean, yeah, that, they do. that's why that's when they. But no, that that's the reason they dip into it, right? Because right. they they get into it's a called situation. Leakage. Yeah, yeah. They lose their job, or yep. there's a health problem, yep. and they need cash. Or you change jobs. Yeah. You you leave that account over there, and then. At, at your former employer, and then suddenly you take a distribution, and you pay a ton of taxes. Yep. I mean, that that's serious leakage. Yeah. So I've also read, and I think it was part of this piece, because uh-huh. I have now a 20-year-old daughter, that I was looking at an investing article, right, right. and it said that if you invest $100 a month yep. at age 20, okay. then by 65, you will have a million dollars, not in the bank, because we're talking about investing it, not putting right, it in a savings right. account. Um, what do you think about that advice? Because well, that seems doable for some 20-year-olds. Right. I, I think, you know, maybe, probably, you know, the key is what you're investing in. And you mentioned savings account. Up until recently, savings accounts didn't pay you anything. No. Mm-hmm. And who, long, who knows how long that's going to last. But, you know, the long-term 
power of growth is investing in the equity markets. But that has risks associated with it. And I can tell you, millennials do not like risk. Hmm. Really? Yeah. You know why? Why? Because they grew up during the Great Recession when they saw their parents lose a bunch of money and lose their jobs. So what we have to do is counter that mentality amongst our millennials, clients, and say, no, you need to take some risk. You, you need to go into the equity markets, mm-hmm. a diversified, balanced portfolio. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting the influence that the different generations have just based on their experiences in life and what they see. Yeah, I could see that. Do you mm-hmm. see a lot of, like, what is the average age of clients who come into your office, like new clients? Well, um, you know, we do end up with most of our clients are probably north of 50. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, we, we are attracting a lot of millennials, and oftentimes it's the kids of our clients. Mm-hmm. And so we will always – we don't impose any minimums. When I help teenagers – 20-year-olds, I will sit down with anybody because I really want to teach and show them, you know, good habits. It's really about habits, it right? Is. It is. Yeah. Um, what Are you surprised sometimes by the level of competency or incompetency f- financial-wise uh, by your clients? I mean, because how, how do they know if people that don't know anything about investing or didn't have money before, how... Uh, smarter people about investing or is it just this big scary thing thinking I can't give up 10% of my paycheck? You know, it's not an issue of whether I'm surprised or not. I I just think that different people have different areas of interest and different types of abilities. Not to financial, some people just can't touch it. They can't deal with it and it's scary. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what we're there for. So they just leave it to a planner. To, well, to it. they do, mm-hmm. but I really try to educate. I mm-hmm. really want people to understand the basics, and they'll never have you know a real sophisticated knowledge of investing. But everybody can capture some of the basics and take away some tools. So, part of what we everything we do at our office is around education. We want to teach, and. Um, some of the terminology in our industry is overwhelming, mm-hmm. and it's scary. Agreed. And so we break it down to some basic terms, and then people become more comfortable, and then they're okay, and uh, they understand what the plan is and what the path is. Yeah. One more question before I let you go. Okay. Uh, when <laughs> I uh, was young and my dad was yeah. helping me with this, I always got the advice, invest in what you know. He right. was a pharma guy, so he invested mm-hmm. in pharmaceutical stocks, which is a, a good bet. Sure. Um, but I had another friend who was like, well, I shop at Target, so I'm going to invest in Target. Or right. I, I, Nike, invest in brands you know. Is that still the advice or has the market become more sophisticated? No, sure. I mean, I, I don't have an issue with that at all. I mean, invest, invest in what you know and what you like. But don't put all your eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. I mean, the concept of diversification is, you know, making sure that you have a representation of different companies, of different industries, even size of companies, large, medium, small, um, even whether it's domestic or international. Mm-hmm. So and having bonds or stocks of the same company is another way of diversifying as well. We always will listen to our clients. Our, our clients, you know, have their lives and their jobs, and they're going to come across a lot of interesting things. And, you know, if they come to us and say, hey, I'm interested in this company, we'll do the research, we'll give them the feedback, and, you know, 
maybe we'll even add it to their portfolio mm-hmm. if it makes sense. So I, I like, I, I think that's a good way to start. In fact, that's what I do with young people. What I tell them, young people that are just starting out, late teens, early 20s, I talk about, you know, our economy and all the different sectors. And then I say, I want you now for the next couple of weeks, live your life, and I want you to look at the tools you're using, your phone, look at the stores you're going to, look at the brands you're purchasing, and look at the companies behind that. And then I want you to come to me and bring me 20 different companies that represent these different sectors in our economy from your lens. And it's, it's a fun exercise. See, I told you guys she was smart, and now she just proved it all to you. So you can listen to my commercials all day long, but she is the real <laughs> deal. Uh, Susan Stiles from Stiles Financial. Oh. Really, thank you for this free advice. And oh, thanks yeah. for coming in and explaining this to us, because when we see these headlines, we're like, how can this be real? Right. And, right. and yeah. Susan came and said, it's not. So thank right. you for the education. Well, thanks, thanks for inviting me. Yep. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Take care. 1050. Back after this on CCO. What? Going to do some day trading? Uh, Don't do that. No. That's not what I'm Susan said. I'm all Bitcoin and Oh, NFTs. that's it. Got it. You're all <laughs> Here's a good, a good text that we got, though. And again, it's about because you never know what's going to happen. You never know never. What, what tomorrow is going to bring. Mm-mm-mm. We had a financial advisor who came to our company every year. Spoke about the economy and financial planning. A couple of years ago, his father-in-law died from fast pancreatic cancer. Oof. Had he still been work, uh, he had still been working, but was going to retire within the year and enjoy retirement. Our advisor's message from then on was: retire when you can, not when you have to. Really? Well, that is great advice. Yep. Retire when you can, not when you have to. And that's it, though. That I was shocked, and not shocked, but a little surprised at the mindset of millennials. Me because, too. okay, we—I I mean, I get that they retire, want to retire early, but are are their actions reflective of that? And I don't think they are. Mm-mm. And because, like, certainly, when I was in my thirties, like I wasn't thinking about that. It's like I'm trying to feed my kids every day, right? And, you know, I'm, right. The long term thinking about what am I putting away? What yeah. that's that's not even on my radar. Yeah. Back then. I wonder, though, if millennials have companies, they work for companies, I mean, they probably do, that have 401ks and opportunities so. like that. Because, I mean, right, if they work for Target, if they, yeah. certainly if they work remotely for a big company, they would certainly yeah. have that infrastructure. And also, is the mindset changing, you know, I can't wait to retire to travel and play golf. What about, like, I'm in my 50s and mm-hmm. I want to travel and play golf mm-hmm. and still work and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Why do I have to wait until I retire? I think that is uh, bingo there from a millennial perspective that if I am a person who wants to do right. this and this and this and this, yes. I, I mean, sure, maybe I'll save for retirement too, and I do, but I'm going to do those things today. I'm not waiting till yeah. I'm 65 right. to go do the things I want to do in my life. Right. That is an antiquated – and I have – I mean, I – Remember, like, talking to uncles about this. They're like, no, you work, 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 and then I'm going to go live once I retire. It's like, no, my generation's not doing that. We're going to live now. And, yes, still save retirement, Mm -hmm. but if I want to be someone who does these things, like, we're doing it today, we're doing it now. It's very generational, that mindset, you know, because that's what my parents taught us. You work, 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 you get to retire at 60 or whatever it is, and then you get to travel, but totally generational. I saw a headline that – in Arizona, they are practicing active shooter drills at polling places. Oh, my gosh. Um, 
Is this even on the radar here in Minnesota, or do we have confidence that our elections will happen this year without any sort of violence? Steve Simon is the uh, Secretary of State of Minnesota. He'll join us next to talk about that very topic on CCO. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.